0: being a hustler, being an entrepreneur, you're ever evolving. You know, you you build in one room and then you grow into the next and you realize you're the littlest fish. And you gotta just start the whole process over. So having the mentality of that you're ever learning and ever changing in, in the world, I don't know, it just puts you in this
1: state of like humbleness. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here. And today in the guest chair, we have the also dynamic Alexia Grant, a.k.a. Chef Lex, a.k.a. The Bubble Chef. You'll learn what that means in a second. By some strange magic, Chef Lex has been blessed by the opportunity to channel her passion for health and happiness to support high achievers and world champions. Thanks to her superior culinary skills, glasses-full mentality, entrepreneurial prowess, and inviting personality, she has earned the trust and respect of her many celebrity clients, both in the kitchen and beyond. Her lifestyle management firm, Chef Lex Grant and Co. provides an array of essential services to elite athletes, entertainers, entrepreneurs, and entities. Happy clients include Carmelo and Lala Anthony, Malcolm Jenkins, Meek Mill, Angela Simmons, and Lauren Hill, as well as brands like Lululemon and Verizon. Though so she wears many hats, it's her abilities in the kitchen that landed her the opportunity to cook inside the Disney NBA bubble in 2020. Chef Lex was the only chef chosen to open a restaurant on the Disney campus to service players, teams, press and staff. And she exceeded expectations with her opportunity. Her pop-up restaurant, Comfort Kitchen, was an instant hit, serving up Southern Caribbean and classic American eats. Think food so scrumptious it pretty much left former Portland Trailblazer star Hassan Whiteside in a stupor on social media, coining her the bubble chef. And the name stuck. (laughs) Yahoo Sports senior NBA insider Chris Hayes dubbed Comfort Kitchen a bubble staple and penned high praise for Chef Lex. She made her mark and established a new set of fans and clientele with this once-in-a-lifetime experience in today's episode you'll hear how chef lex Grant's smart thinking and hustle mentality helped her leap from culinary school to being a private chef as a side hustle to leaping into full-time entrepreneurship with amazing food amazing clients and a renowned reputation let's get right into it so chef lex we're gonna take it back a little bit And I want to know who taught you how to cook and what were your early experiences like in the kitchen?
0: Honestly, uh, cooking in my family is just a collaborative effort. Uh, My grandmother really was the main focal point in the kitchen because she loved to cook. But my mom cooks, my grandfather cooked, all my aunts cooked. It was just that's the culture. You know, a Caribbean woman, you must know how to cook, clean and wash or you are whatless, as they would say. Um, So cooking was just like a necessity to my life. And I was able to take this woman's role, so to speak, and monetize it, not how I look at it.
1: So most people, as they are learning to cook and they're doing it with their family, it's something that symbolizes home. And it's something that is seen as, oh, this is something I do in my personal life. But what inspired you to pursue a formal culinary education? And where did you get your culinary education?
0: I got my culinary education at the Art Institute of New York. And the biggest motivating factor in me deciding to be a chef or even just pursue culinary is my grandfather. Um, My grandfather was my father for all intents and purposes. My dad lived in London. He wasn't always around. And then my dad also has many other children. So me being all the way across the world, my grandfather really stepped up on the father role for me. So much, I even called him dad. Like I was just his youngest child. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, he grew me up in a garden. Uh, we had a really nice house in Piscataway, always had a garden in the back, always had fresh food. He you know, made sure that I had a good breakfast every morning. Food was really important to him. And you know, when you're growing up, you don't ever think about that. You just like take what you're given. And he was dying actively um, during my high school career and in his last year uh, after i had graduated high school you know he was not the happiest that i didn't apply to college because i really didn't know what i wanted to do and i knew that college was expensive so i didn't want to just apply without a plan and he was passing he knew it he could feel it so around like september of um 2005 while he was still coherent enough he sat me down and was like look I don't really care what you do with your life um, professionally what your choices are but we did not come all the way from Jamaica to go to England to have your mother to have your mother come here and let you be the first one born here for you to throw your life in the toilet you need to do something I don't care what it is but just go and do something and whatever you do do it with all your heart and I was like damn (laughs) I'm 18 years old That is so true So I was like what am I good at I just started thinking like that My grandfather was a mechanic And he was an entrepreneur And I always like respected him For going out and getting it himself every day And like he was too kind of a man So he didn't make as much money as he should have So I learned that lesson from him But I knew that I had the capacity To do what he did And take something I love And just make a life Even if it was a good life As long as I'm happy Knew I was good at cooking, applied to culinary school. They called me back um, in October, set up an appointment for November. I went into the school, didn't really tell anybody either. Went into the school, filled out some applications. I had to write an essay to say why I wanted to be there. He called me back that next week, brought me in. He said, you know, you've been approved. This is all your paperwork. Bring it home to your family. And I walked out of the school and I'm walking to the subway. And my mom calls me and says, your grandfather passed away. And I was just like, what? So the day I get accepted to school, are you good now? This is what what you wanted? Mm -hmm. And um, I knew, even though... You know, at that age, you don't take anything seriously, but I knew I had to do something with this. It took me a while to get into it, really understand what being a chef was all about. I mean, worked every aspect of culinary. So being a chef didn't come to me a little bit later, but he was my constant motivation to not let it go.
1: So after graduating, where did your culinary journey take you?
0: After graduating, um, well, I didn't graduate. I dropped out. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I dropped out. That school was okay, it. Tell 10 us
1: about 10. that. <laughs> Tell okay. us about that decision. Why? What? What went into that decision? It was.
0: I had finished my culinary program, and then I had signed on for a culinary program, and then the uh, management degree that comes with it. So I am supposed to go out into the world after I'm done with, you know, my C200 class and go work in a restaurant and see what it's really like. And I realized I'd be one working for free for hours. I already had a job. I had to support myself. I mean, I was grateful that I was still living at home, but I was paying for myself to get back and forth to school every day from Piscataway, New Jersey, all the way through to New York City. I was you know, feeding myself, doing everything I needed to do. The only thing my family really provided was a roof. They're like, you got to learn. This is life. And I got a bill from the school. I said I had to pay them $6,000. And I knew my mom didn't have that money. I knew my family didn't have that money. They could have taken out a loan or did all of that. But I had to make the decision in that moment, like, is the rest of this degree worth it? or Can I learn this through experience? And I was only 19, so I'd gone to college for a full year and a half. And I just was like, you know what? I had my first catering job. I got paid like $2,000 for doing my very first catering job. I'm like, I don't think I need to go to school anymore. (laughs) This is going to be it for me. Um, so was
1: that the the job you were doing on the side while going to school? Like you were doing catering on the side, or was it something else? Yeah,
0: I was, yeah, like I've been a hustler since day one. So, I when I got to culinary school, my very first culinary instructor told us, You know, you got to fake it till you make it in this industry. Like, this is no one's going to give you the respect unless you respect yourself and you put willing to put the work forward. Told us to start a catering company then. So, I did, I went and I got an LLC for $150, A Grant Catering, and I started telling everybody I'm a chef.
1: I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone willing to listen. Hey, it though. I'm a chef. <laughs>
1: And shout out to that professor because you yes. know, a lot of professors and, and schools will act like, okay, you come here, you go through the program, and then you'll be set. But actually, what they need to tell you is in a lot of fields, almost every field, what you need to do is start side hustling and start implementing what you're learning as you're in. Actively school so right. that you can be set when you graduate.
0: Exactly. So I did it and my uncle's best friend hired me to do a luncheon, a ladies' luncheon. She asked me what my prices were. I'm like, look, I'm so sorry. I do not know yet. <laughs> i will have to get back to you on that. Like be and, right back. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I sat down with my mom. I'm like, mom, I don't know what I'm doing. She was like, don't worry. We're going to figure it out. We're going to Google it. We're just going to figure it out. We, it. we it out. put together a menu. I definitely had no idea what I was doing. I It was a party of 20. I cooked for like 100 people. Wow. <laughs> my <laughs> margins were off. But at the end of the event, the lady had so many pans of food left over. She sat me down and she was like, girl, this food is delicious. I'm going to have a whole nother event tomorrow. And you know what? I appreciate everything you've done. I don't know if you made any money based on how much food you cooked for me. <laughs> so I'm going to give you some extra. And she wow. did She Put me check for an event for one day and event for another day. Well, and then wow. that was in June. Uh-huh. That was on my birthday, June, my my 20th birthday. And she basically gave me the the nudge to, like, quit. So I quit school that June.
1: So, you know, a couple of things stand out to me from your story. Well, first of all, it's this idea of this hustle mentality. I find it interesting that you're like, you know, I, I'm i a hustler. <laughs> and talk to me about that. What does that mean to you? And where did this mentality come from?
0: Um. So... I grew up very sheltered, uh, Caribbean family. Like they just, you know, weren't allowed to go outside with your friends pass where I could see you. And outside, what's that? Yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> get gotta to go over to- inside. Yeah, you don't go to your friend's house. You don't do sleepovers. You don't do this, that, and the third. My whole life, so mm-hmm. hey, like thirteen. I'll say I was 13. I went to my mom and my mom started high school next year. You can't do this to me no more, man. You're not going to pick on me in school. Like, I cannot live like this. You need to buy me some Jordans. (laughs) You you need to buy me Jordans. You need to buy me Tim's. You need to buy me a North (laughs) Face because these kids at school are not nice. And Piscataway is an affluent town. Like, there's a lot of- First you said hell no. Who do you think I am? <laughs> she said that's cute. I need to have this for myself. Why you <laughs> going to? She was like, you want to outgrow this in a year? No, I'm not buying. It. I was like di- distraught, 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 depressed. I'm like, I can't go to school. I have to homeschool. I can't do this. <laughs> so, um, I mind you, I'm 13, having these like existential crises. So, <laughs> my mom worked for a nonprofit that had summer jobs opening up. And she's like, look, I'm not going to buy this for you, but I'll give you the opportunity to earn it if you want it. And I was like, how? Tell me. I don't care what I got to do. I stand on my head. What do I got to do? So my mom got me a job. I was 13 when I applied. I literally like on my 14th birthday, the paperwork went through. And I had a job as a teacher's assistant at a daycare center. So every summer from... My eighth grade, going into high school, all the way through to my till I was 16 when I got a real job. I worked at this daycare center and watched kids uh, all summer. From, they you know you're young, so they can only let me work but so many hours. I think I worked like five hours a day. They paid me seven dollars an hour all summer long and don't you know I stepped into high school at 14 with the all white Tims <laughs> with the blue trim north face down crispy and that never. is what we spend our money on too yep yep I said y'all will <laughs> never stop me from having this stuff again <laughs> I will work my ass off blew my whole summer money on the September wardrobe oh kids yeah, yep. yep. make it last Go, <laughs> yep, yep, yep.
1: What I love about that story is the fact that you were so young, and, but still willing to work. And I mean, what does something like that do when you start, you get a job at the age of 13 and you're responsible for showing up somewhere every day at a certain time. And, you know, once you see yourself earn money from that, how did that change your perspective on life? It made me
0: so much more cognizant on what I needed to do to be self-sustaining. I never wanted to have to ask anyone for anything because I did not like that no. That no burned me up. So I had to really start getting creative with, all right, well, how am I gonna get things for myself, one. And it made me far more creative on what I did that was monetizable. Like, there were so many things I could get money from that you don't don't think about until you're actually making some income. Also, you know, at a very young age, being at work, I was like groomed and molded in how to move around people and around children. And like, you know, you're working with kids, you got to schmooze the parents, and you got to, you know, talk to them a certain way. You got to give this one special attention because their dad is such and such, and you got to this and you got to that. And I was so young that uh, it was just this is just what I'm learning, like school. You know, you're just feeding me information, but I was literally learning about life while growing up. So I felt ahead of the game when it was you know, my turn to actually get a real job. And then I got yeah. my first real job at 16. And then in there, I was hustling too. I'm like, yo, I'm, yeah. I'll personal shop for you. You, I worked at Joyce Leslie. I say, I oh, personal shop for you. I pick out all the clothes you want. You throw me some extra money. Oh, yeah. Not the Joyce Leslie, Leslie personal shop. I was not. <laughs> I don't know everyone knows know. Joyce Leslie,
1: but that is hilarious to me. The rollback. Throwback. <laughs> Throwback. Um, so, so, okay. So when you start culinary school, you leave. And, you know, you mentioned you and your mom sat down. You, you worked out some prices. But from that moment to actually formalizing your business and becoming more experienced at telling people here, are my prices, putting up a website, how long did that take to really feel like I know what I'm doing? I have a business and I know how I'm running this. I
0: don't even know. I still don't even know if I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you clearly know what you're doing. Bubble chef. No, you're right. You're <laughs> you know, right. You know, more than most. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah.
0: But I will say, um, being a hustler, being an entrepreneur, you're ever evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, you you build in one room and then you grow into the next and you realize you're the littlest fish. And you got to just start the whole process over. So mm-hmm. having the mentality of that you're ever learning and ever changing in, in the world, I don't know, it just puts you in this state of like humbleness. So I will not say that, oh, I know what I'm doing, but I felt confident, truly, truly confident in the fact that I can provide for myself without a job 28 to 10 years, not eight years it took me to just keep at it, never stop. Like, I can't even tell you the amount of times like I met with a branding person that lied to me about what branding is and took my money and person that said they're going to do my website and they, you know, tra- trash me. Like there was a lot of of learning and growing that has to go into it. And like, you have to be okay. Nah, that's not the right even way to say it you have to understand that you're going to get got. You're going to get got. And in those moments where you get got, where somebody takes advantage of you, you learn from that lesson and you keep going. A lot of people are like, oh, this happened to me. And they're scorned. They're burnt by what they went through so that they don't keep pushing. I am where I am because I never quit on myself. Just because you did a bad thing, that doesn't mean that I am going to give up on what I'm working. You're just not the person I'm going to work with. Mm. That mentality has, I feel, made me persevere over others.
1: And what? Change between side hustle and full time entrepreneur. When you were side hustling, $2,000 felt like, oh, this is awesome. But now, when you have to make a certain income or want to make a certain income per month, what changed in how you structured the business? Were you looking for a certain amount of jobs per week to make a certain goal? How did you go about it? How did you structure it?
0: Um, Well, I moved from working in restaurants to working in the private sector where I was selling my services, contracting my services to people for a set amount of time. So let's say you needed my service, you know, a couple days a week, I'd be like, all right, well, if you need me a couple days a week, this is what it looks like for the whole month. Can we just agree that you want me for a whole month after my first week? In addition I found other ways of income all through food. So I would give cooking classes to people in their homes. That was a way for me to make money on a scheduled basis. I would meal prep. To be real, meal prep was how I paid my bills. That makes sense because right now I am, I would pay someone for some meal prep. Okay. (laughs) Yes, Meal prep is how I made sure the bills were paid. Everything else was extra. Mm. So I was able to get the beginning of the month. I had a couple trainers that I worked with. I started to get really fit. I started to pay more attention to my body. And like, I realized that was honestly, when you're a hustler, everything is monetizable. You're able to lose five pounds faster than the next person that's monetizable. (laughs) So...
1: so serious. I'm just like, that's what it is. How did you find clientele? Like, would you go to your gym and say, Hey guys, like talk loudly. Like I just lost five pounds with my meals last Um, week. Like, (laughs) uh, like social media
0: was a great platform, but also like I would pick myself. I would just start looking at people and be like, Hey, have you ever considered, I would go to people. I was also working jobs now all these years. I'm saying it took me to be an entrepreneur. I was steady at work. So I would I worked at this um, corporate cafeteria and in there was like 6 a.m. or no, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. And they would come in for breakfast and lunch. And it was all these investment banking people. And I would work the grill. I'd work every station that they had. And I would talk to them. I would be like, oh, hey, oh, you know what? Let me make this healthy breakfast for you right now here. And then maybe, you know, you can hire me to do some dinners for you at home or you could do this. You That's can do that. so like, smart. Everywhere I went, I sold myself. It mm-hmm. was, it was, I felt desperate. Like I didn't want to be struggling. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to wake up at six thirty anymore. I didn't want to, after I was up at six 30. And then I went to work all day in Hoboken. And then I hopped on the train to work my other job in New York city. Then i have to take the train back home at 11 o'clock at night all the way back to Plainfield where I'd walk a mile home to then walk a mile to the train station a few hours later at 4 a.m. to do all that shit again. No, I didn't want to do it. So (laughs) (laughs) it was like, that's You had to figure a way out. You had to had to figure it out. And just, you know, full disclosure on the story and shout out to all the people that's listening that knows me that was here for this. I wasn't so skinny because I was doing meal prep. I was so skinny because I was walking two miles every day to the train station to go to work and working wow. all day. Yeah, and Like, I can't tell people that. Like, that was like, nice. Oh, this meal prep. You I'm were popping. on your feet. <laughs>
1: right, it was meal um, prep.
0: But yeah, that's how I pay my bills and I just structured it out. Like, if I could book myself, if I could book my days out in a month, knowing my work schedule, it just got to the point where I'm like, all right, I know I got to make how much I make a month in my hustle, mm-hmm. what do I got to do? And how much time do I have to really give to my hustle to make that happen? That happened for like three, four months to the point where my hustle forced me to quit my job. I had to make a decision on if I wanted to work for myself or keep working for the company. Right. Well, how did it force you? Did you just it not? Was just, it was just a matter of time. There wasn't enough time. hours in the day. And the money that I was making and the exposure that I was getting on the private side also started to make my superiors on my work side Feel some type of way. They were like, oh, you know, you went from 600 followers to 13,000 followers in six months. How'd you do that? Well, none of your business. Just give me my- <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I'm triggered. I can relate. <laughs> yes.
0: So, you know,
1: like, what are you doing over there, uh, Alexia? What's it. going on?
0: Uh, doing my job here. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, you also have the gift of gab. So I'm sure that helped as well because not everyone who's doing something on the side is confident enough to drop that information you know, in their main gig or just let people yeah. know about it. Did you ever feel weird about that? Um, sometimes people ask me like, how do I do this? You know, What if my coworkers see? What, what was your mentality as it relates to that? Um, I've always been very brazen. I'm
0: rebellious. You know, so I would, man, I don't think I ever cared about what other people thought about what I was doing. I've I got fired from every job that I've been at, and I was just like, damn, when the unemployment kick in so I can go get back to my hustle? <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, I never had that fear of losing my job in order mm-hmm. for me to be fearful of what someone may say about it. Mm. And I learned early, like, the thing about hustling, I was like talking to you about this earlier. The thing about hustling is, there's a code that you got to follow. Like there's like this G code, like it's almost like street code. You, you have to move in a certain way. Um, I was very young when I read the 48 Laws of Power and I understood early that I am a courtier, that I am playing on somebody else's world to get what I want and, to, and for me to then one day be, be that person where I have people courting me. So I was always very, um, very personable, always making people laugh, always, you know, being a light in the room, you know, I kept my attitude to myself. I wasn't argumentative. I, whatever you needed me to do, I did it, but that was because I wanted to do what I wanted to do too. So I got looked over often when I was doing something like, let's say Bob's over there and, you know, he's trying to hustle t-shirts out of his car. But I'm over here selling my meal prep in, you know, the kitchen. Bob's gonna get in trouble before me because I, I made sure I threw all the bosses free food before even doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I understood I need to make these people happy so they can be okay and even talk about my food to let yep. them do this. Yep. So yeah, that that code that ethic. Um, also, I read um, how to win friends and influence enemies. So between the forty eight laws of power on some understanding those that are in power and their psyche and how you may uh, insult them with what you do. You also got to learn how to schmooze them.
1: So combination of those two saved my life. Ooh, see, she sprinkled a little lightning round wisdom in advance. I got to switch up the questions. Oh, but, my oh, <laughs> no,
0: it's okay.
1: No. <laughs> okay, okay. So now... I need to know what stage you began working with celebrity clients and how did that process come about? Because it's not like, you know, you're just working with one. You are like, I, I see you on your Instagram with Oprah doing a surprise for a school. You're with um, Carmelo Anthony. You're in the NBA bubble. How did this all begin?
0: Um, so like I told you earlier about me being 28 When it, it was like the time had come where I had to make a decision on what I wanted to do. I had the opportunity to interview for Angela Simmons because my teacher as a beginner in college, a freshman in college, told me that I should fake it till I make it. So when I decided I wanted to go private, I started telling everybody I'm a private chef now. I'm a private chef. Y'all holler that. at me. What's I'm a private chef. Private. That just sounds so exclusive. See? Yeah, right. I'm a private chef. Now, private did anybody chef. know okay. that I was also working at a restaurant <laughs> at night and a corporate cafeteria in the morning? No, they did not. <laughs> Nor did they need to know. So I had all of this fa- fabulous restaurant experience. No idea how to actually do it in someone's home without making a complete mess. But Angela Simmons was my first celebrity client. She wasn't my first private client. I got to like experiment with some other people first and learn how to clean and learn what it's like because it's totally different working in a home than it is a restaurant. So when I interviewed for her, I remember she had a photo shoot that day. She had called me that morning. I was so shocked because the dude who I got this info for or who even said he was going to suggest me was her driver. And we were out. You know, I was out with my cousins and met him at the club. Like it was nothing. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He asked me what I do. I told him I was a private chef. There's, there's panned out for your girl. I <laughs> just what? say that because Angela loved me. Um, my personality was in tune with what she needed. I was she I I had the type of personality that she could have me around her friends and we could all be chilling ratchet and she could have me around her father and I'm respectable and holy. So It was just easy peasy from there. She groomed me. She was not playing any games with me um, because we're the same age. And she was the only person to really ask, what are my goals here? Like, what am I trying to do with this? And all of that. So she groomed me, taught me about social media, taught me about the power of my presence. Um, She taught me about how to uh, monetize myself, um, how to engage with celebrities, what they like, what they don't like, don't talk too much in someone's house, like all, all this stuff that I would have never known. And it was her that started brokering me out to all her friends. She was like, yo, I got this chef, I got this chef. She posted me on her Instagram all the time. And for that, in exchange, she also taught me about business. She's like, I'll do this for you, but you're not going to charge me your full rate. You could charge them your full rate, but you're going to give me a
1: discount because what I'm going to do for you is going to change your life. Oh, so. I love it! Shout out to Angela. I'm real. Out to Angela. Right. I love someone who would take you under your wing like that because that's not something you learn in a book. Like talking 100%. about like you know, people love having a cool chef, but don't be talking too much. Yes, <laughs> like, No way to you know, quiet it down. These are the things that you can't, you really can't learn unless um, you just have that experience, number one, but then also someone who's going to give you the cue when you kind of graded a nerve.
0: And I I am so grateful. A lot of people don't even have this opportunity, but I'm so grateful that throughout all this time and the learning, like Angela and I are still so cool. I sent her my, um, this interview I did where I mentioned her, Today, she's like, Oh my God, I love you. Posted it. She's so proud because she knows she remembers that girl that showed up to her house with my crazy looking ponytail and my dirty <laughs> top jacket. Like, Yeah, I'm a private chef. She's like, yes. Okay, sis.
1: We're
0: going to tidy you on up. And right. she did. And I'm forever
1: grateful to her. Hey, guys, it's Nikala here with a quick word from our sponsors. If you own a small business, this could also be the year you switch to a better payroll. Gusto wasn't just built for small businesses, it was built for the people behind them their online payroll is so easy to use. Gusto can automatically calculate paychecks and file all your payroll taxes, which means you have more time to run your business. Plus, Gusto does way more than payroll. Gusto helps with time tracking, health insurance, 401ks, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts, you get the idea. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, they can transfer all of your data for you. It's no surprise that 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto. Here's the best part. Because you are a Side Hustle Pro listener, you get 3 months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com/shp. Again, that's gusto.com/shp. I'm telling you, you're going to love Gusto. Get started today many thanks to skillshare for sponsoring this episode no matter what 2021 brings you can spend it creating something meaningful with skillshare's online classes because time is what we make of it skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning with so much to explore real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth you can explore classes on marketing, freelance and entrepreneurship, graphic design, and so much more. I just checked out this really cool class called Creativity Unleashed discover, hone, and share your voice online. It was right on time and what I needed because it guides you through how to determine your individual value as a creator, how to overcome those insecurities that hold us back from creating content, and how to establish your core theme and more. It was all so important as I grow as a content creator. With Skillshare, you can find inspiration as well and learn how to express your creativity. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com hustle I get a free trial of premium membership. Again, Side Hustle Pro listeners, head over to Skillshare.com slash hustle to get a free trial of premium membership. How did you, as you start, you said she started brokering you out or, you know, just telling more people about her awesome chef. How did you then manage your workload?
0: Well, that's when I had to quit all of the jobs. That's when I was like, you know what? I got a choice to make. I'm either going to collect this check from you or I'm going to make my own money. And as long as I was able to get Angela what she needed when she needed, whenever she was traveling, she'd have her dad hire me. she had friends hire me. She'd have, she'd ask me to go with her places. Like it it just got to the point where people would eat and not just celebrities, like regular people, just regular people that just happened to be able to afford a private chef. So they started to really wanting my services, that's when, you know, meal prep became very important. And like the different dimensions of meal prep, because I can drop off food to your house, already cooked, you heat it up in the microwave. I could drop off food to your house, uncooked the seasoned up that you put in the oven. I could drop off food that's partially cooked. There are just all these ways that I had to figure out to one, make my clients happy because the end of the day, I am providing a service and I learned in the restaurant industry client is never wrong. So whatever it is that you want, I'm going to find a way to give it to you. As long as we have communication, being that I'm so cool, everybody felt very comfortable sharing what their real needs are without feeling intimidated or insecure. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, I really got to drop this weight, but I can't stop eating cookies. Now I find other monetizable things. Well, you know what? I can't come and cook for you all the time. But I can come into your house, I can clean out all your cupboards, stock you up with healthy fruits, vegetables, make sure they're all cut up and prepped for you and have all your dinner prepped. All you got to do is put it in the oven when you get home and I'm going to see you in a couple of days.
1: Money, 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> love it. One step ahead. Yeah. One step ahead. And did you do anything else beyond Instagram at this point to market yourself? Were you able to finally put up your website? What, what was the main way you were marketing yourself as a private chef?
0: I was marketing myself on Instagram. There was this app that was going around at the time called Thumbtack, um, where you can like book chefs and well, serve. i heard about Thumbtack. Yeah. Yes. Um, There was another app I can't remember that I put myself on. I put myself on Craigslist. I put myself on anything and everything willing, but no, I did not have a website where you could book me through. Uh, It was mostly Instagram because that's where a lot of the followers came from. And I did not like putting my menus out because I did that once and people started stealing my menus. Mm. So I'm like, you know what? For every person that comes and wants the service from me, we are going to create a menu together based on your specific needs. And that also kind of made it better because now it becomes more of an intimate experience. I could charge a little bit more for customized menus than just putting something up and being like, oh, we'll pick from this. Mm. So.
1: Money, as you would say. Money. <laughs> <laughs> So last year was a very unprecedented year. Now, when COVID-19 came through like a storm, started shutting everything down, everyone was scared of of having everyone in their home. What happened at first? Like, talk about what initially happened to your business and then what happened once the NBA bubble opportunity opened up.
0: So COVID-19, I was in Portland with my client and we were at an event the weekend before that's when everybody had to like really go out with masks it was right before they shut basketball down I was like something feels weird like it was a vibe in the air like this is not normal then that next week the NBA shut down I feel like COVID hit to all the rest of the world, but didn't really hit, hit until they shut the NBA down. Yes. That's when it was like, yes. everything was is gone
1: on that day. That was exactly.
0: Like, so COVID-19 hit February, but we didn't really feel it until March. And that's when I'm like, oh shit, this is doomsday preparation. Girl, I cleaned out the deep freezer outside Mello's house. I bought all the meat and chicken and stuff. I could find there was no food in the supermarkets. I was like, oh, my God, I had to go broker food from different farms, like trying to just make sure that he was going to be OK, because we didn't know, one, how long this was going to last Two, it. Like we've never been in anything like this where you go to the supermarket, and there's no food, there's no water, there's no toilet paper. So I was just terrified. Me, Mello, his family, we were going to be all right. we gotta be in this house (laughs) for six months we gonna have food every day so that was my first initial thought and that your only client at the time i mean we're the only one i was concerned about (laughs) is me and him in portland like i'm trying to coach my family on the phone but he was Mm. my only client in portland now okay i did have chefs with other people but it's their job to do this so we would have conference calls like what does this person need? Do I need to send you toilet paper? God, we were shipping toilet paper all over the country. Like, wow. it was just insane what was going on. Then, this is the first couple days, mind you, after they shut down the NBA. Then I started getting calls from Melo's teammates, like, yo, can you help me? I I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> These mad cats- <laughs> I just got a visual of <laughs> <then> like help <laughs> help help <laughs> I've been eating ramen noodles for two days <laughs> please so I was one scared because I'm like yeah. damn like I cannot put myself at risk
1: because I cannot let me and I don't think I don't think we ever mentioned I mean of course I'm going to read your intro, but she's yeah. referring to Carmelo Anthony, the basketball NBA player.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. But, right. my bad.
1: <laughs> okay. So, okay. Let's, let's resume. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, you know, I
0: know he was going to be all right. And I also didn't want to put myself at risk. So I'm like, you know what? I'll help y'all if y'all got the money. So what I did, God, God knows my heart. So that's all I'm going to say, but everything is monetizable. So I'm going to help you. It's going to cost y'all $500 a day. Y'all got to pay me cash. We ain't doing this card business, none of that. If y'all want my services, y'all got to pay me $500 a day, cash. I'll drop off lunch and dinner and supplies for you on it, however, whenever you need me. If you call me that morning or that night before, I got y'all on dinner the next day. I'm going to drop it off at your door. You're Mm going to leave the money outside. We just going to do it like that. Don't you know, girl? I came up. (laughs) I'll just say that. I I don't think it's right to say how much yet, but. Mm I came up in that moment, I started putting all my other chefs on. I was stressed as hell because I, now I'm back to there's not enough hours in the day. I yes. got to make sure I'm cooking for Mel and making sure that he's good. But I also got to make sure that these other guys are good because they're all a team at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. uh, we we're team players here. Mel is not going to be so selfish to be like, no, she can't help you. If you can help and you figure out a plan where you keep me safe and everyone safe, do your thing. So I did that, and I was able to service the team. I was able to, you know, just normalize things for them, get them the little stuff they need because they're scared to go to the supermarket. Like whatever, we were making it happen. Mm. Um, now I'm a fast forward to the bubble. Yeah, the so bubble. when when yeah.
1: the NBA decided to play inside of a bubble on Walt Disney's campus in Orlando, did you have to apply to be the chef there? How did that process work? Um, so
0: I, you know, I found out about the bubble prior to the world finding out because my client um, was like, you know, we're going to resume. We don't have a date. We don't have anything, but these are the, you know, the different options that they have. So we're going to be gone. So for me, I'm like, Oh man, it's my client. That's my money. That means all these guys are going like, like, what am I going to do now? So I started to do my research on, on everything, like every call that he had about it. I'm like, what they say? Oh, what they about to do. And just based on the little bits of information that I was getting, I started to just put together a plan. I'm like, yo, if they all leave and all these guys, and I also have other clients on other teams in all the city, So if everyone's going to be in one spot and I call all my chef homies, we can all go out there together and just get the bag. Like, whatever. Then I found out that we wouldn't be able to see them. We wouldn't be able to drop food off. We wouldn't be able to do anything that would interact us with the clients. Now a new plan has come into play. That's when what I did for the guys on the trailblazers really was the shining blessing on my life because in order to service them, I had to come up with a delivery plan for what we were doing that kept them safe. That kept me safe. Like it was like, literally God was like, here's your plan, sis, (laughs) put it on paper, tell everybody. So I did. I started putting together myself in the kitchen with my best friend and assistant laying out the plan on what that would look like now I'm not gonna even try to hold you and say that the plan that me and her put together looked good it did not
1: look good <laughs> <laughs> it w- it looked at like least you came up with a one yeah yes.
0: I- it looked like two high school kids got together and <laughs> tried to figure out how to work PowerPoint it was a mess so I'm like you know what I need a professional like the NBA mm-hmm. is not gonna respect this I-, mm-hmm. I-, I can't submit this and I I know that this is mediocre and I did it. So let me, you know, what are my resources? Started calling up everybody. I know Um, one of my mentors, Erin Sachs, and a very good friend. She was like, all right, this is easy. This is an easy problem. We're gonna get you a um, proposal writer. I said, a what? So the proposal writer, I said, so you trying to tell me that do this for a living that could have been called? (laughs) She was like, yes, sweetie, don't worry. We're gonna teach (laughs) you the way. So I called the proposal writer. Gave them mm-hmm. all of what I did, all my my write up, my everything, my plan. And they put together a prospectus for me. Now, the prospectus is like eight, nine pages. It's a summary of who I am, all of my COVID-19 protocols, my plan for the MBA, And at that time, my plan was to rent a ghost kitchen in Orlando, Florida. I had already contacted the kitchen. I was ready to drop the deposit as soon as they gave me the go ahead. And I wanted to be approved as a vendor just like they did all the outside restaurants that were allowed to service. So I sent the prospectus, um, CJ McCollum was super instrumental in getting it to the people that needed to approve it. He gave it directly to the president of the MBPA who gave it to uh, the person that was gonna, doing all of the um, event coordination. And between those two contacts and maybe having serviced him, during the pandemic, also CJ is uh, one of the vice presidents of the MBPA. so it really helped, like just get it in front of eyes and they. And is saw. that the
1: NBA Players Association?
0: Yes. Okay. They he helped me get it in front of eyes that could you know make something happen, and he told me he and Melo told me as well like this is really good, Lex. like, you know, after I paid the proposal writer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, Shout out to paying for excellence, okay? Shout out to paying for excellence. Don't be scared to pay for your excellence. And that proposal was three grand. It was not cheap. Like, But I was grateful that I had that cash from those dudes because that definitely paid for the prospectus Ooh. to happen. Yeah. And I wasn't, even though, yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, I'm scared for my job. I knew that I had to take this gamble. It's like, what was the three grand going to do for me just sitting in my bank account waiting for something bad to happen? Like I had to take this chance on myself. So I paid it and it took about a month for them to even respond to me. But when wow. they did, they responded. I was the only one that did anything like that, that submitted anything like that. And they had an opportunity inside of the bubble where the players, I'm sorry, not the players, the teams were given the opportunity to bring chefs with them. So they could bring their team chef to come and cook just for their team. So nine teams opted in and brought a chef They were only had, they only had one more space left. Um, I had to wait to see if any of the other chef teams were gonna bring a chef. As soon as that like timeline closed out, they gave me a slot. I could bring two people in with me and we could run our restaurant from their kitchen rather than me renting a ghost kitchen. And that was the start of my Comfort Kitchen pop-up.
1: Love it. You you. know, you, you thought ahead like you you, the the fact that you thought ahead to the fact that okay they're gonna need I mean who's gonna cook for them you know and then started put this plan into play Realized that okay what I came up with on my own looks whack I need somebody to really polish this and then did that I just can we insert applause like (laughs) thank you girl thank you Bravo. And how was that experience? Like, you know, you're a private chef and this was truly like the the most private yeah, yeah. experience you could ever have. Um, how was that experience? Oh, girl. So I'm not gonna
0: lie. It was the hardest thing i ever done in my life. Hmm. It, it was me. I was allowed to bring two chefs in. So initially I brought, you know, one of my really good friends, Glenroy Brown, and one of my like, apprentices, mentees, Denavia King, and both of them were like, we love you, but we out. This ain't it. I was what? Like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, they quit on me first oh, week. No. Yeah, yo. It was not, I'm telling you, like- The isolation was, like, got to it them? It was crazy. It was crazy. It's not even the isolation. It's uh, it's all day, every day, under surveillance. mm-hmm and all day, every day, following someone else's rules. And one thing, you do one thing, they'll kick you out. You mess up one time, they'll kick you out. And I am not, like, yes, I'm personable and we're having this fantastic conversation now, but I'm savage. Like when it comes down to it, y'all will not risk my life and my reputation that I worked for. So I am my good friend from culinary school, so grateful for her she's like she is like literally the light of my life i love her she came and she was like lex this is absolutely insane but i got your back and at once one chef left then she was able to come in and then the other chef left and then it was just her and i in that kitchen servicing all 700 people (laughs) that could randomly order from us at any time i mean Joy made more pancakes and waffles, chicken and waffles, and she cares too. She always tells me all the time, like I'll never fry a piece of chicken again. <laughs> the experience oh was my like, God. it was like a social experiment. Like I'm not oh. gonna lie because we came into a situation where we are outsiders in comparison to the chefs that were there. All of the teams brought these chefs. They were already working with the team. Now I have a relationship with my players but it's it's so weird feeling when it's like I have, you know, the trailblazers like those are all my guys. They got all the treatment that they could want. But then there's all these other teams and all these other guys that are hitting me up, and asking me for things. And like they're locked into their team because their team's competing against each other. But I'm there for everyone. So I can't say that everyone in that kitchen liked me or wanted me there because to them, I'm competition to their players. I'm helping everybody, but they just want to help their people so that they could win. Uh, and it was a very interesting dynamic socially.
1: It is was interesting.
0: Yes. It was a very interesting dynamic with the NBA because to them, they're giving me, I was like the only, let me not say the only, because they did have other minority-owned businesses inside the bubble, but the only chef in there that, you know, represented minorities, like during a time when it was very socially charged,
1: extraordinarily
0: socially charged and I'm just this little black girl in here trying to run my business (laughs) I'm just just trying to figure it out like you guys and like working with the MBA and like I had to in a second's notice put my corporate hat on, take it off, put my chef hat on, take it off, put my customer service hat on, take it off. Every job I ever worked I had to put into play in this bubble situation. (sighs)
1: So that people can understand, was it like you know every like these other chefs are these like mini restaurant options? So it's like okay, I could order from Chef Lex tonight, or I could order from the Warriors chef. Like, is that how it worked? No, absolutely oh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> not. I'm trying to understand. Like, okay, what the other chefs
0: uh-huh. could only service their team? Ah, uh, okay. And they weren't taking orders. They were getting paid to be there okay. by their team. Okay. I was not getting paid to be there. I was paying to be there. Ooh. So when they would go up to their beautiful Waldorf Astoria room at night that the team covered, it's like, and then we got a discount and break. Thank you, God. But it was still like seven bands a month for me and for Joy. So I'm walking into a situation already knowing that no matter what, I got to make at least 25 bands this month if I'm going to break even. Mm-hmm. no i'm sorry that's an understatement like 30 bands this month because i also had to pay my staff mm-hmm. so like there was no guarantee i was getting that money back I'm throwing those numbers out there so that y'all know how much your girl tucked away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, during the pandemic yes. <laughs> so, like, i had to take that chance on myself i had to put up my whole savings like to make this happen and I mean, you don't tell anybody that in the beginning, right? You don't say that. But when the NBA, like afterwards, when they saw my business insider and they were like, they didn't know how much risk I took to make this happen. They gave me such an awesome, like, just praise. They were like, look, whatever you want to do, whatever you need to say, like, we got your back. You came in here, you killed it, you delivered, Mm -hmm. you did everything we asked, you followed the rules, you dealt with the hard times, you were always positive, like, we got you gonna you call yourself the bubble chef we ain't gonna argue with you <laughs>
1: okay thank you <laughs> love it thank you very much yes yes much. yes <laughs> yeah. so it was great yeah and now so what happened post bubble um did you go back to working with the the, the trailblazers exclusively are hmm. you back to being able to travel to your different clients So I
0: am contracted to Mellow exclusively. So if you ever have the uh, blessed opportunity to have me cook for you, you know, he allowed me out the house to go. (laughs) (laughs) But as a, as a hustler, I mean, this is the most ideal opportunity is to be able to broker people that work for you and make your money off of that, as well as have a, a stable client that you've set the parameters on your work schedule and what that looks like. Like, I went right back to Mellon. Like, I left the bubble early to go back to him because I was tired. I was like, I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're sorry, the best. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the bus client I can ask for, I'll come back to work tomorrow. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. So I left to go back to him in New York and we were in New York just until the season started again. So it was only like six, seven weeks before we had to come back to Portland.
1: Okay. And what, what does that look like when you're on the road with a client? Uh, Um, Are you a private chef in different states
0: or in in, in, like core state? I'm a private chef wherever he wants me to be his private chef. So if he's in whatever state and he's like, Lex, come on, the team handles my accommodations. I just go now because I'm contracted to him. I try really hard to give other people opportunities like I I get it that I am. what they want. But all of the chefs that work for me have been groomed by me. They've all worked under me or with me in different situations. I've been able to advise them. Like I don't like placing chefs that I haven't been able to give like the Angela treatment to, like she showed me how it's done and it's my job to pay it forward so we can all win. Okay.
1: So now before we get into the lightning round, I just want to make sure that any chef who is listening, understands like what are some key things that they can do to start their private chef career and namely how do you really get in front of that first private chef client and then get that recurring income like do you once they're once they're really happy with you pitch a year-long contract do you say do you pitch a six-month retainer how does that work
0: well is very important that if you want to be a private chef coming into this industry, you have to understand that being a private chef is 50% your food, 50% your integrity. Integrity is every single thing in this industry because people have to trust you to be in their homes with them, with their children and their intimate things and hearing their arguments, hearing their everything. So yes, we love social media and all of that, but the fastest way to lose a client is to think that that momentary picture with them is going to be currency for you. That's not the currency. For you to take a picture with your client and post it on your page is not currency. For you to go into someone's home day in and day out, forget, forget that. I so say you have that one opportunity to go into someone's home and you cook for them. How you move with your integrity in that moment, your attention to detail with their needs, you're there to provide a service. You need to service their needs. If they are not in a place to communicate their needs to you, like let's say like Angela's first situation with me, I just got a phone called. These are my allergies and she was doing a whole photo shoot. So I had to pay attention to the people in the room. I had to go around to other people and be like, oh, are you eating? Well, do you have any allergies or anything that you like? Being mindful, being thoughtful about Wanting to deliver your best each and every time is how you get those recurring clients. They remember that. And then how to monetize yourself is like, people, celebrities, especially in this industry don't got no problem posting you for a meal. That will never help you. That one post to them is nothing. The service that you provide and not asking for anything outside of services rendered is how you get recurring contracts. All of this wonderful stuff I got going on on Instagram and all of that, it's not because I went to my client and was like, yo, you work with this, so can you put me onto that or this? Like recently, blessings on blessings, I, I got featured on jordanbrand.com um, and I, they did an interview on me. They gave me free drip, all of this, okay? Blessing. Been working with Melon four years. He is a Jordan Brand client. I never, not once, asked that man to, can you get me a pair of sneakers? Can you this? Can you that? Can you get me an interview? Absolutely not. They came to me on their own, outside of what I was doing with him, because of the work I put forward for myself. You gotta like, you are not your client one when you walk into their house. You are you. You are the chef. You're providing the service. Don't ever get too comfortable and think that you and your client is on the same level. Y'all are not. As long as they're paying you for a service, y'all never on the same level. Angela and I are friends. That's my homie. I kick it with her, talk to her. But when it's business, it's business. And when it's cool, it's cool. And it's never at the same time. That is like major, major, major key to any business. And I think that's it. I think that answered your question.
1: And speaking of Jordan Brand, I'd love to know what's up next. So I know that you you just did like a pop-up kitchen, Miss Winnie's kitchen. Yes. And you're building yes. a ghost kitchen in Portland. Tell me more.
0: So I am building a ghost kitchen uh at the Melody Ballroom in Portland, Oregon. Um, cause due to COVID, you know, ballrooms, banquet halls, all that are taking a major hit as well. The owner has so gracious to make me an offer to run the kitchen do whatever i need as long as you know we're able to meet the monthly bills and river pig saloon in portland oregon is ram ran by the big big homie ramsey who like oh uh, he's like serial entrepreneur got six or seven restaurants and bars acquiring more he's like such a mentor he wanted to you know give me an opportunity i mean portland doesn't have a lot of black people and this is not a place where like they feature anything Caribbean or anything culture or anything like that. I mean, the food in Portland is absolutely spectacular. And like there's one celebrity chef doing a, a pop-up here. They inspired me to just do one here. And my grandmother on my father's side had caught COVID and I went to London to say goodbye to her. I mean, thank you, God, she's still here. That goodbye was unnecessary. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, but it but yes. Amen. But it just made me realize like, you know, my grandma that's here in Jersey who taught me how to cook, who put all this in me, who fought for me to even be an American citizen. Like, yeah, you know, he sent her some money at Christmas, but what have I ever done to really show her like, yo, you did all of this for me to come and do this. So Miss Winnie's kitchen is, is a homage to her. The black cake I'm selling is the one that she literally made and shipped to me. Um, I, I just needed to represent for my people. Uh, I need this ghost Kitchen so I'd be able to give my chefs work because the pandemic has put a lot of people out of work. Um, even some of my clients that weren't you know, athletes and entertainers took a hard hit and weren't able to continue their chef services. So we're getting back to the basics, providing solid meal prep. Um, I'm getting back into it with fitness. I have three trainers out in Portland that we're gonna be working with me and working with people in the ballroom and they can come and pick up their meal prep. Like we have a whole plan to just revamp how people are eating and consuming and making it affordable and giving people jobs.
1: I love it. Oh, I just, hey. yes. Um, and given what you know now and all the experiences you've been through, If you had the chance to start your company all over again, from side hustle to full-time entrepreneur, what would you do differently? Well,
0: you know, this question is so hard to ask. And like, I know it's taking time and all of that, but the one thing I would do differently, for real, for real, for real, is be on it with my taxes in the beginning. like. Don't play with your taxes. don't, <laughs> call don't play with the taxes. Funds. Don't co-mingle your funds. Your girl has had to learn some very difficult lessons in the financial department mm. because of taxes. There's really nothing to play with. Um, just uh, some real simple keys, like, like two or three things that you could do to save yourself financially because Uncle Sam always wants his. One, every time you make some money, I don't care how broke it is, put half of that to the side because you don't know how much of that Uncle Sam's going to take. Two, get you a business credit card ASAP. ASAP, that should be the first thing. Like, I don't care if you give you a $300 credit card. Build your business credit as well as your personal credit. Credit is life. Like, get the card if it's $300, use it to buy your gas and pay it off every month. Like, it, it's, it's so imperative to tracking your money, separating your money, when you need that loan, you have something sustainable to say, I've been running this company. I've been able to pay the bills, help me. And third, pay yourself, literally pay yourself. Like, I I don't care if you use all your money to do this, all you put all of your personal money, you only made back what you put in, pay yourself out of that and put the rest in your business. Because one day, government is going to want to know what you paid yourself out of this business, depending on how big you grow. And you set those habits up in the beginning. You will not get your ass kicked in
1: the end. Very, very important keys right there. Thank you. And that leads us right into the lightning round where you are just going to answer the very first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience?
0: Smart receipts. It is a app that you could use to log and track all of your receipts and expenses. And at the end of the year, you could submit that whole joint to your accountant and it is so much easier to use than Excel. All
1: right. Number two, who is an entrepreneur that you admire and why?
0: Oh my God, there's so many.
1: my um, uh, leak teal. Number three: what is a non-negotiable part of your daily routine?: Lord, my mornings, I need a peaceful, mindful, meditative
0: morning. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. My day needs to start in peace. I will lose friends and boyfriends if you cannot like leave me alone in the morning) <laughs> my time when I begin my day to put yes. myself in the mind frame to produce.
1: Mm, I hear that. And yes. number four, what is a personal trait or habit that you believe has helped you significantly when you were side hustling?
0: Being a good listener, being able to actively listen and deliver without
1: being told And finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow Black women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing that steady paycheck?
0: Oh, man, if you're going to be a hustler. You have to be very aware that you will lose some things. The steady paycheck is is necessary for a lot of people. You got to make sure that you are paying your bills and all of that. So work on making as much in your side hustle as your day job. As you do that, tuck that money, be broke. You broke until you are not, Like <laughs> be broke because one day you're gonna lose that job. That's the goal. Don't ever be scared to lose the job because you don't really want it in the first place. You wanna have control over your own time. Tuck that money away, man. Don't be scared to be broke. Don't be scared to ask for help. And when you do eventually lose that job, Just be grateful that you're about to collect some unemployment for a little while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That that was one of the... How can I say? This was a really enjoyable talk, man. This Aww, was a really same. enjoyable interview. And I just love your spirit. I love what you have to share and your hustle, like you, you said, you know, and the fact that you're not afraid of putting yourself out there, opening yourself up. And I do feel like that has been returned to you a hundredfold and you so deserve it. So Thank I just you so much. You're so welcome. And where can people connect with you after this episode?
0: You can reach me at Chef Lex Grant on all platforms. My website is cheflexgrant.com.
1: All right, guys. And there you have it for the show notes from this episode. Head over to sidehouserpro.co slash episodes to get all of the resources and links that Chef Lex Grant mentioned. And of course, follow her online. Talk to you soon.